This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, here's Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. You're getting ready to play by playing Studio C, presented by BYU it is Monday, August 1st. Welcome to Football Practice Month. More on that coming up. Thanks for being here. I'm Jeremy Jordan, teamed up with a guy who's coming off a churro high, Jason Shepard. Man, let me tell you, I don't eat a lot of desserts, like, at all. Uh, but you and I happened to be at a barbecue on Friday night uh, thrown by the great Mark Durant. He is great. He, he does an annual, like, a BYU basketball. So, so people that are involved with, like, the broadcast, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, party. Uh, and, and we haven't had one since 2019 because of the pandemic. So it's yeah. been three years. It so was great to hang out. It was great to, to – to, It was great to see you there. It was great to see you. I don't get a chance <laughs> to see you very see often. I don't see you enough. But uh, he, he invited um, – a, well, somebody that I, I, Cougar fans know quite, P. Norton on Twitter. P. Norton, people know. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he has a, uh, a churro business, yeah. and he came and, and hooked Catered. everybody up with some dessert. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was unbelievable. I, I, had, uh, I had my churros uh, drizzled with icing and caramel. Yeah, he had chocolate and strawberry as well. Which is what my wife had was the chocolate and strawberry. Mm. Uh, they were fantastic, and I have thought of nothing but uh, churros all weekend long. It is, it is a good weekend when you're coming off a churro hut. Oh, my right? gosh. Churros. In uh, Brazil, they would, they would uh, fill, fill them with uh, dulce de leche. Okay. As, or dosi de leche, as they say in Portuguese. It was so good. Game changer. Essentially caramel. Yes. Look, let's talk to the base here. When you go to Disneyland, right, though, you, yeah, you yeah, got to get yeah. the, the, This audience understands this, Disneyland like, churros. That's, that's yes. where churros really that's, hit the mark is at Disneyland, right? It Despite, also hits the mark of your bank account. Certainly. Like, yeah. f- they were four fifty the last time I was there. I don't know if they b- jumped up to five. Well, they're, a, they're more than worth it. They're worth at least twelve. Yes, says Disney. But again, yes, I uh, I <laughs> thought about nothing but churros all weekend long. Okay, we hope this show's as sweet as the churros. Probably not, <laughs> but uh, let's go anyway. Uh, here's the show lineup: the latest out of the Pac-12 versus Big 12, open for business comments. Will any action be taken soon? We'll discuss. David Nixon weighs in on the budding conference rivalry. Plus, week one of BYU football fall camp players report on Wednesday. First practice is Thursday. Let's go. Plus, who has BYU in its preseason top 25 more preseason honors for individuals and which opponents are vastly overrated or underrated? We will discuss. But first, a loaded August 1st list of headlines. And Jeremy, you just mentioned one of them, BYU fall camp beginning on Wednesday when players report the first practice set for Thursday. But today, how about we focus in on some preseason rankings. CBS releasing a preseason rankings of 130 schools. BYU coming in at number 22. And the Cougars rank ahead of all but four of their upcoming opponents. But this season, those four opponents, Baylor coming in at number six, Notre Dame at number eight, Arkansas at number 20, and then one spot ahead of the Cougars, the Oregon Ducks at number 21. Utah State at 24, pretty interesting considering they're not yes. a preseason favorite in the Mountain that West. One's, that one was the uh, the eyebrow raiser, yes. if you will, and we'll or just... the uh, Anthony Davis unibrow razor. Or the unibrow razor. <laughs> we'll discuss that. Uh, he didn't use a razor, which is the irony of that color. Yes. Uh, we'll discuss that coming up later in the program. Jaron Hall is one of 52 players from 40 different teams on the Walter Camp watch list. Give it to the nation's top player. Also, linebacker Keenan Ellis is on the Chuck Bednarik award watch list for the nation's top defensive player. 
back from an ACL tear last year. And Pro Football Focus releases its preseason All-American teams, Blake Freeland and Clark Barrington, tackle and guard respectively, made the third team. BYU basketball will take on USC on November 23rd in the opening round of the 2022 Battle for Atlantis. Been trying to come up with some sort of an Aquaman joke and nothing's coming to me. Mm. Uh, the Cougars and Trojans will tip off in the Bahamas at 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2 and of course on BYU Radio. On the deuce, uh, that tournament's loaded. Yes, That's it a, is. Right, like Maui is number one. I think Battle for Atlantis is number two in terms of uh, multi-team events preseason. That's awesome. Or non-conference. Former Cougar Tomasi Lalile signs with the 49ers after a season with the Houston Gamblers of the USFL. Good luck to him as he tries to make that roster. Yes, yeah, staying in the NFL, Taysom Hill will be sidelined after taking a hit to his ribs during training camp. Come on. New head coach Dennis Allen said Taysom will, quote, be out for a little bit, end quote. That's a technical term. Yes. A little bit. Hopefully it gets healthy. That's always a bummer to hear. Taysom Better to happen at the beginning than closer to the season. If it has to happen. Sure. If it has to happen. BYU Women's Soccer reports to camp today uh, for meetings and photos. Photos coming out as we speak on Twitter. Tomorrow uh, they hold their first practice. The National Runner-Ups will play their blue and white scrimmage Friday at 9 Eastern right here on the BYU TV. Brett Yormark officially taking over as the commissioner of the Big 12 Conference today. Welcome. Yormark addressed the media at Big 12 Football Media Days last month and is planning on visiting each of the 14 campuses in the coming months. I say welcome like we're already in the league. Uh, BYU does not enter until <laughs> next well, we're, July 1st. Yes. We feel Let's, like we're there. We feel we're like there. we're in it. Yeah. We're in it. Well, we're in it uh, for trending as well. Let's go. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Pac-10 slash 12 media days are over, and there were some juicy nuggets from Commissioner George Klyovkov about the Pac-12, Big 12 situation. Of course, this is of interest to Nosotros. Uh, quote, with respect to the Big 12 being open for business, I appreciate that. We haven't decided if we're going shopping there yet or not. Second quote. I've been spending four weeks trying to defend against grenades that have been lobbed in from every corner of the Big 12, trying to destabilize our remaining conference, and I understand why they're doing it when you look at relative media value between the two conferences. I get it. I get why they're scared. I get why they're trying to destabilize us, but I was just tired of that. Third quote, you look at the metrics, you look at the numbers, and any way you cut and slice the numbers, you come to the conclusion that no Pac-12 school is going to the Big 12, end quote. Okay, what's your reaction to these three comments? Look, I, uh, I mentioned uh, last week on Thursday when we wrapped up the show that, uh, that I was really curious to hear what uh, Commissioner Klyovkov was going to say because he had to nail this. And I, I have to say I was a bit surprised with the tone of it. Look, I understand he had to Defensive? come out. Defensive? Well, I understand it? that he has to come out regardless of how he actually feels. Publicly, you have to come out and be as strong as you possibly can and as confident as you possibly can when you're in the situation that that conference currently is. The Big 12 is in that same situation a year ago, and we've seen the moves that they've made since. What I found a little, a little odd that didn't hit with me was – it's one thing to have the bravado and to go after and take these shots at other conferences when you're coming from a position of strength. To me, they're not coming from a position of strength, so it felt very empty to me. So I, th those were my initial responses. I, I, I understand why he was doing it, but it sort of, it, at least from my point of view, fell on deaf ears because 
He's not in a position, or the conference, not necessarily him specifically, but the Pac-12 conference, in my opinion, is not in a position to be going out and puffing out its chest as if it's coming from a position of strength, because right now they're not. Klevkov uh, is mad at the wrong league. Obviously, the Big 12 loves some grenades with Brett Yormark, which I, I already love the guy. Never met him. Don't know him. <laughs> I love him already. Comes in. Yes, we're open for business. Let's go. Before he's even actually the commissioner of the league. Today is day one, as you mentioned in headlines. The Big Ten is, should be the primary target of the, the uh, ire here. Yes, they're the, the ones that are taking your two biggest brands. Yes, they disrupted the flow here. Also, let's not forget that a year ago you had a chance, well, in decades of, uh, before this, chances to add teams that would have perhaps added or, or helped uh, stabilize, added value or helped stabilize the conference. He did not. BYU's been a team that's been wanting a Pac-12 invite, I think, for a long time. Obviously, Stanford and Cal and BYU and we've, don't get along. We've chronicled that for a long time. I do love the open for business comment from Yormark, as I mentioned. I understand why the Pac-12 defended its, its place. I just hope you don't get freezing cold taken uh, by the no Pac-12 school is going to the Big 12. Listen, if... if but, Jerem, they school- looked into each other's eyes, and they just knew that they were on the same page. Many a couple at BYU has done the same <laughs> thing and broken up or gotten divorced. Okay? That, that is not a sign of, of truth or stability. Uh, the true alliance is when you look into someone's eyes, just like this. Yeah, now we're connected, right? So I, I, I get it. The, the Pac-12 is certainly in a precarious space uh, just because it's the last Correct. conference to yes. have been plucked from. Now, is any action going to actually be taken before the season starts? I don't think so. I think we're in football mode now because teams are going into, uh, into fall camps. It's not fall until September 21st, 22nd. Whatever, summer camp, whatever. They're, they're doing that now. I think we start to forget about everything but football right now. Now, recall that on, on what, this day in 2010, I believe, BYU declared, was this Independence Day in 2010, I think, August 1st. It was around fall camp time. and Isn't it uh, August 10th? Maybe August 10th, okay, around this time. Generally speaking, besides that, we go into football mode now. So I don't, I don't think anything's going to happen here. What is happening, though, don't forget, three more days of exclusive negotiations with the existing primary rights holders of ESPN and Fox with the Pac-12. If they ink a TV deal, they stay together. That, that's for now, unless they have an out clause. Sure. And will Oregon and Washington and anybody else want a bigger piece of the pie? BYU upset its brothers-in-arms in the Mountain West by wanting a bigger piece of the pie, ultimately settling to go independent. When, uh, you know, in the, in the Mountain West, it was like, wait, why are we getting, like, the same as Wyoming <laughs> on the TV deal? That was a situation that certainly made sense, but you, you can also upset your other teams. Will the Pac-12 be okay that, that Wazoo and Oregon State get the same as Oregon and Washington in the new TV deal. I'm telling you. The or is TV Oregon and Washington going to ask for a higher percentage than everybody else? That's what I'm else? saying. Will they upset their brethren uh, in this case? And, and this TV deal, I'm telling you, will tell us a lot about the stability or not of the league. Like, pay attention in the next couple of days, weeks, months, should they not come to a conclusion on the Pac-12 media rights deal. How many years is it? How much is it per year? Um, that will tell us whether they're going to stay together or not. Well, and if they don't, obviously the Big 12 is ready to get who wants to come to the Big 12. What's interesting, and look, and we've touched on this, and I mentioned this a second ago, the Big 12 was in this exact same situation a year ago, and they were able to make decisions, quick decisions, that ultimately 
helped to strengthen the Big 12 as a conference. Now, the Pac-12 right now, as you said, it's, it's the most recent one to go through this upheaval. So right now, they're the ones that are being looked at as the most unstable. And that's why I say that, that they are, because they're the ones that it's happened to last. They now have the opportunity to go and try and do what the Big 12 did a year ago to try and strengthen their conference. Now, if they do that... You're saying expand? I, what, whatever that looks retain? like. Whatever it looks like, whether it's expansion, whether it's a, 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 another grant of rights that locks teams in for a certain period of time, whatever they deem viable as the next step to, to maintain their conference, because that's clearly what they want to do. They, they clearly want to salvage the Pac-12. And quite frankly, I think that's, I, that's good for college sports. You don't want to see a conference, especially a conference like the yeah. Pac-12, go away. I, honestly, Nobody wants to see that. I, obviously, being on this side of the Big 12 now, it's like, oh, we would like to strengthen our position exactly. in the league, no doubt. If you remove yourself from that, but you But the go, Pac-12 now has nice. a chance to do what they feel does the same thing that the Big 12 did a year ago, however, however that looks but to them. But can you retain and not expand and maintain and be okay? Because you're going to be the league with the fewest teams. The Big 12's been okay with 10 teams for a few years, so I'm not dismissing that idea. But as we continue to add teams to leagues and where they are getting into the 16 to 18 range, uh, which is kind of where we're going, can a, can a conference with only 10, granted the Big 12 will have actual 12 teams coming right. up here, is that enough to get the respect of the other leagues at, at the table when you're talking AQs, access, and so forth, of, yeah, we're fine with that, even though we have 16 teams and we perceive our league to be better than yours. Or, do you, or in the expanded playoff discussion, which is I'm referring to, if you just go, we don't have AQs, okay? You don't automatically get in. you got to earn your way in. Because if I'm the Big Ten or the SEC, I go, well, wait a minute. We have, like, three teams stronger than your best team, right. is what they're probably thinking. So it gets a little, gets a little interesting that way. I wonder if the pack. 12 slash 10 feels like they need to add because everybody has added to reinforce. No one has just stayed put after they lost. And somewhere. it's where San Diego State, which we talked about last week, really comes into play. Yes. And then who else? And then who else? That's because the other question. Because generally have an even number for obvious Correct. reasons with, with traveling and, and uh, divisions and whatnot. We'll see if divisions even exist uh, with the news we heard this summer with every – the NCAA said you can determine how you uh, – who you have in your championship game of football. Well, look, you asked the question a second ago, uh, do we expect anything to happen before the season starts? And I, and I think the answer is probably no. Um, I, I, now, I, we may get something on the ground of, of rights. In terms of expansion? But in terms of, yes, yes expansion, yes. I, I, don't see, I don't see any other teams leaving one conference to another, where, wherever that is, if it's Pac-12 to the Big 12, Big 12 to the Pac-12, wh whatever the scenario is, I don't see any teams leaving the conference they are currently in before the season starts. No, I don't. And the, the grant of rights, they could even wait on. This is just the initial window because they have until, what, 24? So right, yeah, this was theory, just an they early window they opened yes, up by to, themselves. To lock in yes. so that no one leaves, um, so that the Big 12 doesn't come in and get the four corners or whatever. Well, and all it takes is two teams. Like, all, they need to lock that in as soon well, as Well, and they're can. talking about shorter terms. You're not talking about a 15-year agreement like the ACC you'd, had. You'd be idiotic. Uh, they're talking about like three, anywhere between yes. three and five or five, seven at the most. The ACC has shown us you don't want to do a long-term. Exactly. Just don't do it. Yep. Okay, our question of the day, uh, and, and this is something interesting, right? Why is the budding Big 12 versus Pac-12 rivalry <laughs> a good or bad thing? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is... 
the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Cougar 70 on Twitter, rivalries are beneficial when they generate fan interest. I like to watch good college football. College football carries exuberance, fanaticism, incites interest. Rivalries come and go, but they play an integral part in the overall enthusiasm each season. It's August, baby. I, I think Cougar A70 likes it. Do you like it? The, the budding sort of rivalry between these two leagues, given the uh, realignment conversation that we've been yeah, having? I think it's I think it's fun. I mean, it's one of the – look, anytime you have somebody that you can pay attention to and sort of gauge yourself against, like, oh, are we better than that? Oh, well, we got this – look, it's – how many times have we talked about BYU winning the Pac-12 last year? Yes. Yes, we love I, that kind of stuff. I think we love it not only because – We hey, love, it. We love hey, it when you're winning. Hey, right, right. <laughs> we're back in the uh, – we, we're in a league thing. Right. But also, it's a BYU versus Utah yes, thing. Yes, it's This 100- is a BYU versus yes, Utah thing. When we say Big 12 versus Pac-12, that's code for BYU versus Utah. I think we all know that. Whose TV deal is going to be worth more? <laughs> like, we really love that kind of stuff. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming up, BYU fans flex their Twitter muscle again. Or was it just bots? Hey, and, bots can be fans too. And does it matter? And David Nixon on the latest Pac-12, Big 12 discussions. Hey, in fall camp this week, this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon tomorrow as they look back at all of the touchdowns from BYU football last season on After Further Review. Watch the show at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Is there is there enough show all time for that? All the touchdowns? That, that would take up the – Is it like – They get extra time? It's like one a minute? Like, holy – how many touchdowns were there? I tried to look that up real quick. I didn't find it. There were a plethora of touchdowns. That's all I know. That will, needless to say, that will, it's always an enjoyable show. You're going to show every, every touchdown. touchdown. That makes it even more enjoyable, right? Go, man. Tomorrow night. Okay, we're uh, live in Studio C, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Jeremy Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. Let's welcome in four-year NFL vet, all-Mountain West Conference linebacker. He had pick sixes against Wyoming and, and other teams. He, his name is David Nixon. David, what up, man? How you doing? What's up, guys? Great Did- to talk to you. Welcome like, Monday morning. And fall camp has started. What, I know. What, what be better? You can smell it. Okay, last week we were talking about revenge games in BYU history. 06 TCU came up. You had one of the most pivotal plays in any revenge game ever, uh, sacking, uh, strip sacking, what, Jeff Ballard in 06 uh, at TCU. That was a huge play, man. What do you remember from that? Because that turned that season. Yeah, it was my sophomore year, so I was kind of fresh off a mission. Um, but, uh, you know, we were going up against those guys, and they were driving. It was a fun game because, well, home state of Texas, so I was home. Um, but they were driving us. It was kind of a back-and-forth game, and, and they were on, I think, our like our seven-yard line. Uh, and anyways, I got a good good jump off the ball and was able to beat the tackle around the edge. And then, you know, you're always taught to – it's one thing to hit the quarterbacks, another thing to try to strip sack them. And so, you know, I went after the ball and, and uh, knocked them. And Russell Tialavea came up with a fumble. And then John Beck took us 93 yards back the other way and scored. And we, we kept cruising from there. So uh, I we do look – I look back at that, not necessarily my play per se, but that game and kind of the trajectory that put BYU football in the Bronco Minhall era on from there on out. Um it's kind of a pivotal game that, that we did. And we, of course, we go on to win the Mountains Conference that year, win the Mountains Conference the next year. Uh, so it was, it was kind of one of those momentum-type building games. And, and it was fun to be part of that play, obviously. 
Let's keep talking about rivalries, but let's go conference versus conference. There's been a lot of stuff going back and forth. You have one commissioner saying we're open for business. You have another commissioner saying, well, we're not sure if we're ready to go shopping. What do you make of <laughs> this perceived Big 12 versus Pac-12 rivalry that's going on right now? Listen, if you're the Pac-12 commissioner, what else are you going to say? When, when I read his comments, I thought, you know, if I was him, I'd probably be saying the same thing. Like, let me go on the offensive and say that I might start going shopping, right? So I don't think he has much of an option at this point. I think he's trying to bluff a little bit. But, I mean, the fact is, the now Pac-10, uh, you know, it is what it is. But you've got Oregon and Washington who keep flirting with the Big Ten. They've expressed interest in leading. Uh, there's new reports every week of maybe Cal Stanford as well teaming up and going somewhere. And so I think that I think the Pac-10 is is in a world of hurt right now. Uh, Big 12, I think, is pretty steady. You don't hear a lot of reports of teams looking to go to the Pac-10. And so, uh, you know, I, I kind of believe that smoke that's out there. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I wasn't too surprised by those words of the Pac-12 commissioner, um, Pac-10, whatever you want to call them now. But uh, I, like, I like the Big 12's you know, standpoint here, it's, hey, we're proceeding with the teams we have. Yeah, we might look to add, we might not. We'll see what happens, but feel pretty confident with the, uh, the, the whole conference we have right now as a whole. It's a BYU versus Utah thing, too, because BYU wants to win any, and vice versa with Utah, any conversation there. Oh, we want our uh, new TV contract to be uh, larger than yours, and da 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 when it, when it comes down to this, do you like this kind of rivalry that's going on, or... Uh, do you want Utah in the league later, or would you would you prefer that they be separated in different leagues like this? Listen, as much as we all hate the Utes, <laughs> I'm joking, <laughs> I'm not joking, right? Uh, kind of. Um, you would love to see them be relegated to the to the Mountain West or something. Just what BYU has been faced with for years. <laughs> That's not happening. But in all in all seriousness. I mean, you ask any former U player, any former BYU player, the robbery game was by far the best game of the season every year. And, and, you know, I played against USC, Notre Dame. We played some pretty cool teams while I was there, but everyone always looked forward to that Utah game. And so there's some way ADs, commissioners, can find a way to get Utah back in the conference with BYU. I think that's a huge win. And I, once again, I know selfishly you like to see them suffer, <laughs> but <laughs> in, in, in all reality, I think it'd be fantastic for the same conference and re-spark that, that, um, that robbery that, that means so much. I mean, I'm telling you, players love it. I think fans, we love it. And so you got to find a way to make it happen. But in the meantime, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I think Utah at this point with the program they built, frankly, uh, they're now one of those pillars in that conference yeah. with, with what they've done these last, you know, five, six years. And so um, I think if they leave, it starts to crumble even more, that, that conference. So I think that they're weighing that out. We should see how it all plays out. I mean, there's new news coming out every day, it feels like, of, of different teams shifting or talks or whatever it may be. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what news breaks here soon. Well, and all of the, uh, the, the news that we're getting, look, it, it will always be big news, but at least we're going to have some on-the-field stuff to talk about. And it starts this week, fall camp officially getting underway. Players will report on Wednesday. First practice is on Thursday. I know there are a lot of storylines that, that people are following going in. What's, the, what's maybe the biggest one you're following heading into this season in this camp? I, I just love this team. You, you look down the roster and you look at offensively what BYU brings back, 80% of their production. Defensively, they bring back 97% of their production. So as a whole, the whole team's 88%. I 
I mean, this is a very veteran team, a team that went 10-3 last year, asterisk next to the bowl game. I think that's a you know throwaway, but you have a <laughs> two-digit two, two win season uh, and a team that, frankly, everyone kind of slept on last season as well. And you have a veteran quarterback coming back. Um, man, I, I love this team. I think Vegas said the over or under at eight and a half, assuming guys stay healthy, which is a big if. Uh, I think if you take the over every every day of the week, I, I, and, and I get that this schedule is tougher than last year. Yeah, last year had more P5s. This year has less, but tougher P5s. Um, but I, I love this team. And, and having seen them during spring ball, run into the guys during, uh, you know, summer camps uh, and whatnot, they, they look great. And and I'm confident these guys will, uh, will go out there and perform. And it's going to be a really, really fun season. The big thing is just keeping guys healthy throughout fall camp. Can't let guys get injured, beat each other up. Um, but man, find a way to manage them and, and roll into that first game against USF. I, I'm excited. I, I, I think this team has a lot of uh, potential. And the question is, can they stay healthy? If they do, man, the sky's the limit. And you've got a nephew on the squad, right? Uh, soon to be two? That's right. Yeah, Michael Daly. He's backing up uh, Peely, a middle backer. So, um, He's, I've talked to him quite a bit too, and he's bullish on the team too. He's like, man, we've got some great horses out there. Uh, he's pretty excited about their front seven as well. So I think that's because the biggest question mark is that front seven. We saw what Baylor did at BYU last year. They were averaging, I think it was like six, seven, eight yards of carry. BYU's got to find a way to stop the run. And, and so my biggest question mark in the camp is that front seven. Can guys be healthy? And on top of that, can those, specifically those front four, front three linemen, can they produce? Um, and stop the run. That's the biggest question mark. I think the back end, BYU's back in secondary, this might be one of the most veteran secondaries they've ever returned. And so I'm not too worried about the back end. It's more the front end uh, and that front seven. I'm to the point with all the returning talent from a very good BYU team that faced a schedule that no other BYU team had faced uh, in, in that many power fives and that many, right? BYU had played, uh, I guess, seven in 2013, but it was a young group. This was a veteran group. I'm to the point where nine and four better be the minimum, uh, and then the ceiling's probably like eleven and two. How do you feel about it? How do you how do you quantify it? Yeah, listen, this is, to your point, this is a team that's already faced all these P five. So you roll in against these P five is not like they're scared or they're worried. They've kind of been there, done that already, uh, and they beat a lot of those P fives. I mean, you go undefeated against the Pac twelve last year, uh, and so I think the confidence for these guys is right high. And I think a lot of these now are upperclassmen, so now they can go and teach. Uh, the younger kids say, hey, this is how we do it. We, we, we roll in. This is the way we approach the games, our mindset. And this is how we go in and execute. So, uh, yeah, I think all of the previous years, these tough schedules we always face are going to pay dividends this year. Yeah. And I think all that kind of rolls up into this season. And um, once again, when you have a veteran quarterback, a guy who knows to take care of the ball and knows how to win the big games, man, that's that's huge. And then you've got the, the, the role players around them, the offensive line, which is, once again, one of the best offensive lines in the country. So they're going to protect them. They don't have time to distribute the ball to Puka uh, and the rest of the crowd. It's uh, Man, it's exciting. Well, David, I mean, you touched on the defense a, a few minutes ago, but I even remember during media day, Elisa Tuiaki said he, he feels like this team is three deep at every position, and that included the, the defensive line. If, and you said it, you know, you got to stay healthy. I mean, if, if they're looking at this, that, that side of the ball and looking at the talent and saying that they're three deep, what type of expectations do you have overall for what could be possible for this defense? Well, I'll trust Riyaki on this one. Once again, he's, he's been around the guys uh, obviously much more than I have. Uh, but when you get three deep, 
the ability to to rotate guys in and out is huge. I mean, you you tell your guys and you train them. Listen, you got two, maybe three plays, and you're out of here. So you better go full speed uh, when, when you have the when, you, when you're out there on the field. Um, I think that adds a little bit of, of an element to those guys to get them up and going. So um, me personally, I never want to leave the field, and I think I honestly I think backers and secondary should play all series. But those linemen, that's a tough job. When you're firing out the ball and when you're banging heads with those offensive linemen, uh, you exert a lot of energy. And so I, I think if they can go in and rotate those guys out every two, three plays and keep them fresh, um, and if you really are three deep, like Tudaki says, man, that's that's also big. Because that that's BYU was not two or three deep last year, let's face it. Uh, they, they struggled to have some depth. Uh, but that is a nice thing. If there is a, a silver lining when guys go down with injuries, is you get these younger guys that come in and contribute, and now they have game experience that you can lean on going forward. And so um, I think that was one of the nice takeaways from last year with everyone getting injured is that all these young guys got to play, and, and now they'll be ready for the season too. So um, depth is huge, and that's something we got to continue to improve as you head into you know Big 12 play. you got to have that depth. We're talking to former Dolphin David Nixon. I'm just going to throw in, like, one of the teams every time we reset with you uh, in the there, future. There's quite a few. Yeah, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll stay busy throwing out fall, teams. Fall camp contributor with the Carolina Panthers, David Nixon, is on BYU Sports Nation. Um, what would shock you about this season or, or this team? Either way, positively or negatively, what would shock you? Honestly, positively, I, I miss, as I mentioned earlier, I think the sky's the limit. I wouldn't be that shocked if, if BYU gets to 10, 11 wins this year. I really wouldn't. I, I think for me, shocking would be if something happened where BYU doesn't make a bowl game. That'd be very shocking to me, given given the returning production uh, and, and given the you know, senior quarterback, et cetera. So you know, I think not making a bowl game would be shocking to me. Uh, but I expect BYU to be competitive. I, I think they'll be competitive in every game. I don't think I don't see a game where BYU will get blown out. Um, and I I think I'm more interested in anything because of the caliber of P5s BYU is facing is how week by week how the opponents are going to match up with BYU. Are these going to be top 20 uh, you know matchups? Are they going to be top 15 matchups? If, if BYU can take care of business, can Oregon and Notre Dame and some of these other schools take care of business? And that's what's going to be fun this season is kind of tracking the, the opponents, see how well they do and line it up to when BYU faces them and, and see if you can't get some top 10, top 15, top 20 matchups, uh, showdowns. It's going to be pretty fun. Uh, another week of AFR tomorrow. We mentioned that uh, you guys are going to be showing all of the touchdowns. First of all, is that going to give you guys even enough time to talk? I mean, the, the, the game against uh, Virginia alone <laughs> is going to take up the bulk of the time. Uh, what, what can the fans expect when they tune into AFR tomorrow? Hey, it's going to be a blast. Listen, is there anything better than recapping touchdowns? As a defensive guy, I hate it, right? <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should be just recapping tackles the whole time. But, uh, you know, I don't write the show, so I just show up and I just do my thing. But, yeah, touchdowns galore tomorrow. It'll be fun. I mean, this is this is fun for us because we're now getting geared up. AFR and, and BYU Sports Nation, all the shows of BYU TV are geared up for the season. Uh, this is just one more show to throw in there and, and get excited and get hyped for the season because football season – it's finally here. Like you said, guys report this week to camp. Man, it's fun. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome, David. We appreciate the time. Former Texan David Nixon on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Awesome. See you guys. Oh, by the way, he mentioned all the shows. Countdown to kickoff. I don't know if we've said this on the air. We've, uh, it's been said, but countdown to kickoff, two hours. Two hours every show. How about that? Does the Matching extra, the radio pregame. I was going to say, is the extra half hour just all Jerem Jordan?
No, no, it's an extra hour. Some some shows were ninety, but most were sixty. Basically, yeah, once radio, I, radio. We we do two hours yeah. every every game. Once so. I stopped producing, they're like, let's take this up a notch. <laughs> this was not uh, good enough, actually. So yeah, thanks to Dave for joining us. AFR tomorrow, seven Eastern on the BYU TV app. Check it out. All right, coming up, an updated preseason ranking has BYU facing five top twenty-five teams this season. Should we be worried? That's a lot, right? It is. And Gators, Twitter bots, and KVN's tweet. It's a loaded whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Great to have you with us. Welcome to August, baby. Fall camp uh, starting Thursday, Players Report Wednesday. We've been here all year. Uh, we reported in 2013. He's Jason, I am Jerem. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's go. All right, Atiki Ali Atiki's numbers from the BYU NBA Combine testing in his max vert, which by the way was 45 inches, uh, standing Burt was 39. These are very similar to mine. Uh-huh. Uh, that would have been third highest ever in NBA Combine history. Incredible. This is the question, though, Jerem. How will this translate to the floor for BYU this year? More dunks, more rebounds, more block shots. Uh, we're going to see some real development, I think, in year two under Atiki Ali Atiki. Last year was, you're in the United States, you're at a religious school, you're in college basketball. There was a lot to transition to, right? Um, yeah, he's going to be volleyball spiking off his face and the window more this year. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Does he start at the five? Maybe eventually. Yeah, we, right season. now we don't know. We'll see. But he is the only true five on the roster. How it translates to me, and I, th I think that aspect of his game is pure athleticism. Mm -hmm. and, and I think another year sort of feeling comfortable in your own skin just being able to utilize that and then adding some of the other stuff, I'm excited for the jump that he can make in year two. And the that jump. pun was not well, intended. Well done. Today is Brett Yormark's first official day on the job as the commissioner of the Big 12. What are you getting him as a welcome gift? How about, uh, how about four teams from the Pac-12? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get him a sign that says, open for business. Or, or how about this? Three teams from the Pac-12 and one from the Mountain West. Oh. How about that? So not Utah? Exactly. <laughs> well done. What are you getting? Oh, oh open for business. Oh, an open for business. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, but it's neon. Okay, yes. Yeah. I was going to say, it's got to be one that you can have the lights. Because it's Big 12 After Dark, Back 12 After Dark. I like dark. it. 826. What case. color? Blue? Uh, neon blue. Okay, I like it. And, and uh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Kyle Van Oy tweeted the following photo from the LA Chargers of San Diego. Nice. Uh, says two randoms and a stud they cut out of the picture, shaking my head. Uh, that's uh, that's Bosa, Khalil Mack, like two great players. <laughs> yeah. And then Kyle Van Oy uh, with no with no head there. So the question really though, what's the bigger crime? The fact that KVN's head was cropped out of the picture or that his jersey is tucked into his shorts that are pulled up? <laughs> they are pulled up, aren't they? That's, uh, that's over the belly button pulled up uh, like Mr. Finley, my choir teacher in high school. Yeah, I, I, I Shout think out to Mr. Finley. It's probably the shorts, yeah. Yeah, no it is. Look, look the, the crop out could be completely innocent. Like the purpose yes. was to get those two. Yes. It was but not a slight, a it was not a slight Super Bowl champs to Kyle Van Oy. The other is the tucked in jersey. Yeah. 
That's that's the bigger crime there. The again, not that we're not that we're judging. We love KVN. Well, we, we don't want him coming at us. But Mitch Matthews is probably like, your shorts are way too long. Bro. What's going on here? Okay, this weekend a recruit announced his commitment to Florida by bringing two baby alligators to his announcement. When will we get a recruit to announce holding two baby cougars? I'm gonna say never. I'm gonna say never. By the way, were those just outside? Those gators? Did he go to like? Yeah, he just went over to the pond. Local golf course. By the way, who's the one out. that gets to like? I don't know. Is that tape? Is that what's something that keeps the the mouths together? Whose job is that to make sure that that gets on properly? We're in Big 12 country. We have no clue. Like this is an SEC question you are asking. I, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know. Ne I don't never. Know. That will never happen. We've we already have pictures never, of never. current uh, BYU Cougars with actual Cougars. You know, well, a fake, like a picture a stuffed cougar. of an actual fake cougar. An actual fake yes. cougar. <laughs> It's like, that's like saying, I guarantee it's probably that. Yes. Like, I'm going to say no. Again, I'm very curious. I, I give it, I give it uh, yes within a year and a half. By the way, I still have no idea the difference between an alligator and a crocodile. I don't either. Once upon a time, there were cougar, li live cougar cubs on the sidelines uh, at, at Cougar Stadium back in the day. They lived on the south side of campus, and uh, they got loose and killed some lo local livestock. That happened. I'm not going to say the next part. The, sh the show took a turn for the, yes, the it worse, did. apparently. Yes, it did. Wow. AKA, okay. don't keep, uh, you know. Okay. The Cougar King. Who's the Cougar King? Okay. They'll be in Netflix. BYU Twitter remains dominant, as it always does. Wait. Always jimmering anything on the social media. Yes. Uh, they beat future Big 12 foe Texas Tech in a college football tour Twitter fandom battle. And again, another foe cries foul claiming that the BYU bots actually scored the win. Are BYU fans or bots the most dominant Twitter pro poll presence out there? Johnny Linehan would be the most dominant Twitter presence there, but the, the bigger um, issue there is the logo. Yes. The lo the logo is not the tan logo. Tan is back, baby. That's What is proof. that? The tan no. is back. Tan like is not the, back. Do you like the tan? No. I, I, I don't mind tan. I, I don't like the tan. I hate the tan. Is it because it takes you back to a time the well, BYU did always... have three losing seasons yes. with the team. Granted, the... I was gone for two of those on my mission trip, but so your vacation for two years. Yeah, it was about... all I did was work out. Okay, it was great. Hashtag <laughs> safety. Look, uh, look. Anytime uh, BYU, look, BYU, we know has a lot of fans. Anytime yes. we win a poll question, something they want to cry, bot. <laughs> we got a lot of fans. Bot. So I'm calling, uh, I'm calling a foul on the bot crying. You're calling a charge? Oh no, oh no. <laughs> we, we almost had a massive disaster here. And one final one. All right, I gotta We've pick this up. We've avoided it until now. We All need right. to address a major issue here. Last week we talked about you bringing your own salad dressing, which you have now Wait, you talked about that here. on the show? Yeah. Oh, okay. To a restaurant. Yeah. Defend yourself. Uh, defend and, myself. And you've actually brought it. It's right, it's right here. You can flip it around. Come on. It's right here. Yeah, here. I brought this. I took, look, there's a, there's a that restaurant. Guy now? There is a restaurant that I loved that I get salads a lot. Okay. They stopped offering balsamic. You're uh, the balsamic they, vinegar they, they stopped, red guy. They stopped serving it or giving it as an option. I really wanted, so I told my wife, put this in your purse. <laughs> We're taking it in. You're that guy. <laughs> but now I'm bringing oh. it to work so that when I go to the place and get a salad, I can come you back have... to the office and I have my balsamic vinaigrette. 
And I had this in my pocket, and when it fell out, I thought that I had I wanted balsamic it to be vinaigrette dripping. spilling all over my pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Caesar or well, they would have all this, right? <laughs> You're very specific. I am I am surprised that you like balsamic vinaigrette. It's, it's delicious, and it is imported from uh, Modena, Italy. It's where all the best balsamic Modena vinaigrettes. Modena even a real city. No one knows. That. I don't know. Okay. I'm just glad this did not spill. You're that guy. Uh, the moment you do no, that at a movie theater, I have theater, never been there. That was the, the very first time I have ever done it. I don't I know, plan but to do now it again. You, oh, you don't? Well, not unless, not unless I need to, but I don't plan to do it. It was the only time I've ever done it. <laughs> All right, what's coming up besides also, balsamic vinaigrette? I was also uh, here, I was, here. Let me, let me was, see that. I was quick. also wearing uh, black socks pulled up to let, my knees let with me, uh, with shorts. Let me shorts. say this: Where's the garbage? <laughs> Don't you throw that away. I'm gonna need that. All right, coming up, rise shout out to one of the best to ever play against BYU. And more egregious, balsamic vinaigrette, <laughs> Baylor at six or South Florida <laughs> at 118 in the CBS Sports College Football Ranking. Shout this, out to Ken. It's BYU Sports Nation. You're gonna have to pay for this. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Did we really just spend two and a half minutes talking about salad dressing? Are we still doing that? Apparently we did. I thought that was over. The fall sports season starts on Saturday as hey. BYU women's soccer returns to the pitch for their blue and white scrimmage. We will have it for you. Watch the match live 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. I cannot wait. Last year there was a bit of controversy with this game. Do you remember what it was? I do not. One of the teams wore black, so it ceased oh, to be a yes. blue and white scrimmage. We will find out. It, is it a blue and black scrimmage? We're going to have to find out. Okay, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Okay, CBS Sports uh, came out with its top you know, 130, all the teams in college football list, and had BYU at number 22. First, so let's break this down in some of the opponents here. Overrated, underrated, um, 10 wins still the goal. Baylor versus South Florida, more egregious, we'll discuss. 22 for BYU. You like it? Should they be higher, lower? Um, honestly, these preseason polls, I just don't put a ton of stock in it. It's, would you, it, if BYU was out, would you be uh, bothered? If, if they, they were out, in? yes, they would bother me that they okay. were not considered top 25. Look, I would probably have them a little higher. I would too, given the but, returning but production. Yes, I, I would I have would, BYU at about 17, 18. Yeah, see, honestly. I would I would say anywhere between 15 and 19, 15 and 18, right there is kind of where I had it. But this I mean, doesn't again, doesn't matter. I, CBS Sports, not specifically. Correct. Like, but yeah, AP where you is, start. AP, yes. Yes, you're you're starting off. Your jump point is and important. It's, it's not because we think BYU is going to win the national championship or make the playoff. It's because. When you walk into Notre Dame uh, October 8th, you want to be as high as possible to just make this yes. as interesting as possible, right? Uh, I would love for BYU to be 4-1 yes. walking into that game ranked uh, 11th or 12th or something. So it depends where you start. Ultimately, BYU have opportunity to win meaningful games and climb naturally and not depend on others losing per se because BYU will earn its way right. into a top 15 ranking if it has it going into Notre Dame because you got Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, you got Arkansas as well, and then later uh, Stanford, Boise State, right? But, um, you know, Baylor at six is really interesting to me. They lost a lot of weapons. They're, yes, they're going to be good. They're a power five champ returning. 118 for South Florida. What's more, uh, uh, what's more 
sort of egregious. Baylor too high or is South Florida too low in this case? I think 13th South Florida, worst team in America. I think I think South Florida is going to be better than 118. Now I'm not saying they're going to be that world, 100. Look, it could like, be. Yeah. That, that that to me like Baylor at six. Okay, yeah, I can I can. They're get overrated there to even, me. Even even with the production, I understand a lot of this. Look, it, whether people want to admit to it or not, a lot of it is what you did last year. Yeah. The, you, yes. But you lost a lot I of agree, weapons. I agree with you 100%. You did not lose a But lot. I can get behind that a little bit more than I can get behind 118 for USF. I think they're going to be better than that. Now, that doesn't mean that I think they should be beating BYU. Right. But Spence, uh, maybe you feel the way Spencer does. He feels like that game's going to be closer than people think. Well, look. Do you feel that way? Look, it certainly could, and it's the first game of a season. Those, those games are always just weird. Well, why can't BYU just roll in like 2001 against Tulane? Look, and this and team, just, They're just launching bombs. With the like, production coming go. back, it why could not? very easily why, be that. Why can't game one just be gangbusters? It, let's look, go. And it could be, and I would love to see it. And Jaron Hall's like, look who's back. Look who's back, back in, again. in Tampa. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Jaron's back. Tell a friend. <laughs> tell, tell all your friends. Hand okay. out the uh, pass along cards, okay? Okay, five teams in the top 25, including Utah State. Utah State preseason top 25 is really weird. That is the biggest head-scratcher to me. They're picked third in their own conference. Mountain West champs, 111 games. Boise State. Good team. Then Air Force. Then Utah State. Yet 24th, I'm not seeing that. That's not not like a slight against Utah State. Yeah. Like, we're not trying to take a shot. That one just surprised Uh, me. uh, We're BYU Sports Nation. We like taking shots. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. I think Utah State's good. I just don't think the top twenty-five good preseason. Okay, Baylor six, Notre Dame eight. Notre Dame always is going to be like top ten preseason. Uh, Arkansas twenty. Arkansas is perhaps the biggest enigma on the schedule. Yep. Third, uh, predicted to finish third in the SEC West, which is big time. Let's be honest, because um, you're you're basically like Alabama, and uh, you know Texas A&M, and you're fighting some really good teams in there. Auburn, obviously. Oregon 21, and uh, Utah State 24. What do you make of the Oregon at 21? I make uh, brand association. I make traditional Pac-12 power. I think they should be about in that range. They were a Pac-12 runner Do you think up. they should be ahead of BYU? Uh, probably not. See, I don't, that's the one probably thing. Not. I'm not saying that I don't disagree well, in the, the range, yeah. but I, I, I actually would have BYU ahead of Oregon. Well, we would as well, one, because BYU, two, because Pac-12 record last year. But, um, or, no, Oregon's got a new coach, Dan Lanning from Georgia, yep. the D.C., right? Um, they're going to get smashed by Georgia in game one. They're going to be East or Washington. Then they're going to host BYU. That's going to be an interesting turn there. So, okay, 10 wins still the goal based on that, the, that That's ranking. That's the goal, absolutely. 10 wins still the goal oh, absolutely. for me as well. Absolutely. I'm, at, I'm at 9 and 4 is the minimum for how good this team is. Yes. The minimum. Four losses? Let's go. Make it 11 and 2. Let's go. Coming up, the elite voice of the day. And today's Rise of Shoutouts to a welcome member of BYU Sports Nation and to Bill Russell, who actually played a game at BYU. I'll tell you about it. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today, or you can download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, and please subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. Our question of the day, why is the budding Big 12 versus Pac-12 rivalry a good or bad thing? Our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Jonathan Hawkinson on Twitter, big BYU fan. Is it really a rivalry if one of the conferences is not going to exist in a couple of years? We don't quite know that! 
but uh, that might happen. We'll see. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Um, on July 27th, at Ocho Zacco tweeted the following. I'm going to be vulnerable. I love BYU. I got my degree there. I met my wife there. Despite us being XLDS, now we cherish our time at BYU. And we're still huge fans of BYU football. Hope there's still room in this crowd for people like us. The answer is yes. Yes. One million percent. Very excited and hopeful to see you at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Cheering on the Cougs whenever and wherever you want. Your religious affiliation has nothing to do with your fandom of BYU. And, and you are welcome here. In fact, we'd love to have you come to BYU Sports Nation sometime. Come well, hang out with Well, us. and the responses were overwhelmingly to what you just said, including a couple, one from uh, Tom Holmo. And Tom said, Cougar Nation, we got to take care of each other. One team, one heartbeat. I've been part of teams for 25 years at BYU. Many highs, some lows. Through it all, we always find a way. Keep growing. Keep getting stronger. Keep fighting. Love that you need us, Zach. We love and need you all, too. And then how about this? Steve Young following up on a response saying, couldn't agree more, Tom. We are forever a family. Much love to all Cougar Nation. Amen. And Chad Lewis weighing in as well. Yes. Please come join us. Please be in the stadium against Baylor in uh, the home opener. It's going to be a great time. So thanks, thanks for being vulnerable as well. That's hard to do. And uh, another special rising shout-out to Bill Russell, the greatest champion in the history of the NBA who passed away uh, yesterday. He actually played at San Francisco, who won two national championships in uh, 55 and 56. But in the 1953-54 season, in December, December 22, 1953, Bill Russell in San Francisco played against BYU in the Smith Fieldhouse. Cougars cool. happened to win that day. Bill happened to win 13 national championships <laughs> and NBA titles after that. Our thanks to today's guest, David Nixon. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. For Jason, I am Jerem. Shout out to Mel Hutchins. It is August. It is football month, baby. Go Cougs!